Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Star Wars Splash Page Comics in Review. You might be wondering why you're still hearing Jeff talk. That's because we're having some technical difficulties, so Matt and I will both be appearing on this show, but we won't be appearing together. But rest assured, folks, next week we'll be back with our witty back-and-forth banter for your listening pleasure. Geek me all knowing box sets stay open May 4th I'm hoping we're gonna be hot as before This red looks hardcore I don't want Sith running the galaxy off to Matt for the news and the reviews of the IDW Star Wars Adventures book and the final issue of Ghosts of Vader's Castle. And uh, just to get my own uh, opinion in on that, I loved the book. I loved the series. This may be my favorite series so far. Matt, tell us what news there is to speak of and then give us those reviews. Well, not a whole bunch in news. Jeff and our listeners out there. Uh, A couple of scheduling changes. Star Wars 18 and Bounty Hunters number 17 have been pushed back to November 3rd from October 27th. Uh, No real issues. It's just part of the, uh, you know, the the new Penguin Random House distribution deal, uh, as well as other logistical supply side issues. Uh, So I wouldn't read too much into that whatsoever. It's just, you know, it's happening. Uh, interesting point. Jeff uh, was finally watching Terrifying Tales on Disney+, and he was so thrilled to see Vanya from the uh, IDW Vader's Castle books. Uh, so it's very cool that they are mining all of that lore and putting it across all those different mediums. It's always great fun. Uh, as uh, we had said it last week at the, at the show, uh, when we were talking about War of the Bounty Hunters number 5 of 5, <clears throat> uh, you know, the... The Soul Trilogy uh, will keep going with Crimson Rain, then followed by The Hidden Empire. What's intriguing, though, is in looking at the uh, uh, listings on Amazon, it appears that uh, Crimson Rain will also be some sort of uh, tie-in uh, story uh, to some of the main titles, particularly you know, Star Wars, Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra, and Bounty Hunters. Uh, don't know the extent or the scope yet. Uh, when we get solicits for January, it should probably make it a little more clearer. Uh, but the reason being is, you know, those volumes of those trades for those respective issues have all got the title Crimson Rain among them. So uh, we shall see. Uh, now, what do you say 
we oh well oh my gosh I almost forgot uh, of course as always uh, as uh, as is the case uh, after we record our episodes uh, <laughs> there are always announcements uh, so Ethan Sachs and Will Sliney who took what could have been a very tepid tie-in to the Galaxy's Edge attraction at Disney yet made it a solidly executed miniseries they are back together uh, for Star Wars Halcyon's Legacy this is another five issue miniseries that of course is tied into the uh, the Disney Star Cruiser uh, attraction that's uh, coming to Orlando. Uh, look for that to start sometime in 2022. We don't have an exact date yet, uh, although it does seem that the trade collecting the book uh, is due out in July, which, you know, to my mind tells me that we are probably going to be seeing that, uh, I don't know, I would say probably, hmm, let's see, do, 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 do. I would say probably probably January or even in February. So, you know, five issues, February, March, April, May, June. You know, who knows? Probably January. Uh, we will see. So, uh, but again, looking forward to this work because uh, Ethan and Will, like I said, you know, they took what could have been a very just, you know, a, a corporate tie-in and made made a, mini, made a miniseries that was so much fun to watch and, and to read. Not watch, but read. Although it would be great to watch. It would be a great animation adaptation. So... And that's it for news, so let's get to the books. Now, of course, we've got our first book, which is The Ghosts of Vader's Castle, number five. This is the fifth issue of the five-issue weekly miniseries, and uh, based on the happenings at uh, IDW, it seems that uh, perhaps this might be the final outing for this series, and hopefully uh, that's not the case, uh, but... You know, there's still uncertainty surrounding IDW. With, there's still uncertainty surrounding uh, IDW's uh, future with the Star Wars publishing license. And Kevin Scott and Derek Charm in a recent interview with StarWars.com kind of made it sound like this is going to be their final visit to Mustafar, at least for this series. Uh, so it all remains to be seen. Hopefully Marvel will perhaps pick somebody up uh, to uh, do it for Scholastic. Fingers are crossed because, you know, this is clearly aimed at all ages and would do very well at bookstores uh, as well as book fairs and elementary schools. But, so we cut in. Last issue. Written, of course, by Kevin Scott. Art uh, throughout this one is by Francesco Francovia. Uh, of course, uh, Francesco handled his colors as well. Letters are by Sean Lee. Assistant editor is Riley Farmer and the editor is Heather Antos. And we have returned to Mustafar with Tom Hud and Lena Graff and Jackson and uh, you know, and, and Scrit, and uh, it's it's just, uh, they're in search of Milo, and it doesn't look good, because you turn the page, and there's a Vader-esque entity wielding a lightsaber, <laughs> and uh, it uh, he gets knocked down, and the head comes off, and in a scene redolent of uh, The Empire Strikes Back, the head, the head case, Vader's head case cracks open, and it's Crater. And it turns out that uh, Vanya, of course, uh, who is trying to wield mystical sorceries and Sith magics, uh, is trying to restore uh, Vader. Uh, and Crater explains to Lena, you know, that abominable man, Darth Vader's snake of a servant. Vanya, she says? Vanya is still alive? And of course, this causes Tom Hutt's uh, eyes to go very big. I knew it. What did I tell you, Skrit? The dreams. The dreams were a warning. 
you can do this, HUD. We can, because we're here together, do you hear me? And essentially, that's what this issue is about. It's all about teamwork. So, you know, Lena asks uh, Crater, uh, can you take us to Milo? And Crater says, yes, of course. And they go in, and unfortunately, Milo is within a back-to-tank. Uh, this is something we have seen before, and that's uh, obviously from uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And this is where we find that uh, Vanier finally emerges from the shadows to uh, ready his nefarious plot and reveal the details. And he's got Lena strapped to a chair, and you know, then she passes out, and then she wakes up, and she's what? What the? What is this? And Vanier is very creepy. This? This is your destiny, Lena Graff. Your destiny and my revenge. His revenge. Funny, let me out of this. Oh, you'll be released. But only after the ritual is complete. Uh, Milo, and of course, everyone seems to be in sort of an energy field. You know, uh, Skrit, Jackson, Tom Hutt, Milo. And Milo's just like, I'm sorry, sis, this is all my fault. And, of course, Lena, being the big sister and a little bit wiser, says, no, of course not. He was controlling Crater using Ewitt's bait. <laughs> so... And then, of course, Banier, at this point, has gone off the deep end. Do you hear them, Master? They think I only controlled the droid. Don't they realize they were all my puppets? That I used their own dreaming against them, drawing them back to the castle? And that's where we get our reveal. The nightmare was you? No one is safe from the Sith, not even when they sleep. I knew you would come. Loved ones in danger? New monsters to fight? How could you resist? And, of course, Jackson raises a very valid point. Uh, I get you have a history with these sad sacks, but why give me nightmares? What have I got to do with any of this? Actually, I was wondering the same thing. Who are you again? The ultimate insult to Jackson. Well, ain't that just charming? Uh, and then, of course, Tom says, Maybe you ate a bad carrot before hitting the sack. Shut your face. Nice little moment of levity there. But what it is is it all builds up to Vanier's big plan. And again, his aim... <laughs> Uh, is to restore Darth Vader uh, and to resurrect him. And Vanya is hearing voices, and the voices are in his head. And this is kind of a little creepy because we know Vanya was very dedicated and very loyal to Vader, but even unto death and beyond, he remains that loyal. So, you know, he's got everybody locked in, and he, in a, in a, in a nice little throwback to Frankenstein, he throws the switch, <laughs> clunk, and starts. Uh, fill in the gas, the chamber with gas from the lava pits beneath the castle. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, and of course the gas starts forming and this is where Vanya starts really embracing the insanity of it all. Do you hear her, master? She doubts you, doubts your power. Soon she will believe, she will know. All will become clear when she is elevated, when she becomes the vessel for your spirit. To which Lena says, when I become the what now? Oh, speak, O oh Lord, speak, and we shall listen. Arise from the ashes, and as it has been foretold, spread your dark arms across the galaxy. Vader reborn. Vader immortal. And of course, this, you know, as this is happening, the panels are cutting to the, all the individual characters, and they're seeing these ghostly apparitions, and you know, that stem from their nightmares. I mean, you know, so, you know, we see, you know, that, you know, the, the bog monster that plagued Tom Hud on Dagobah. You know, we see, uh, you know, we, we, you know, Jackson sees the enormous Wookiees. Uh, and of course, you know, this is the power of the dark side. Uh, but 
Lena is trying to hold on and doing a fairly good job. You know, as Vanya says, yes, yes. And now the screaming starts. The ghosts are here. The age of the Sith is upon us. A new empire of darkness. His empire. And of course, Lena's like, it won't work. Vanya, Vader's never coming back. He's, no. And she looks up and she sees the ghost of Vader. <laughs> and Vanya sees the ghost of Vader. Finally, after all the indignities, all the tricks, finally she understands. Finally, she hears, and then we see the gas start to go into Lena's nostrils and her mouth. And then she lowers her head. It looks like something out of the grudge, almost. And Vanya looks, the master? Master, is that you? And Lina's, Lena's head pops up. Vanya, release me this instant. No one binds Darth Vader. No one. Uh, uh, at once, my lord, you have returned to me. It was the will of the Force. And what does the Force will now, O Dark One? What terror shall we unleash upon the galaxy? First things first, we must deal with the prisoners. And she ignites the lightsaber, and she walks to the gas. And Milo is there. Lena, Lena, don't do this. It's me, your brother. Yes. I know exactly who you are. And as she says this, Francesca Francavia has drawn over her head and just behind her Vader's helmet. And it's it's and it's positioned perfectly so that you can't see his uh, his uh, his voice, you know, his mouth, if you will. Uh, but it's like it's like Lena is wearing the helmet, and then they turn the page, and, which is why I'm getting you out of here. And she boom releases everybody using the lightsaber. Of course, Vanya is like, "What? No, this isn't possible. The spirit of my lord consumed you. I saw it with my own eyes." <sighs> And then Lena says, well, that's the trouble with these fumes. They make you see what you most fear. And in your case, that's definitely your master. That was before he met me. This is for Crater. And Milo punches Vanya. <laughs> and, and then Vanya falls into the chair that Lena was just in and is locked in. Clank, no. Uh, 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 uh. And then the gas is still swirling and Tom Hud is lost. And he's like, "It's uh, how do we get out of here? I can't see anything in all this smog. And then... Milo looks over to the right, and there's the lightsaber, so that must be Lena. There, that must be Lena. Follow the light! And, you know, they pass off into the gas, if you will, you know, make their way out. Meanwhile, the gas starts to envelop Vanya. No, you can't leave me here. You can't leave me trapped. Why, Vanya? Isn't this what you wanted? Isn't this what you hoped for? No, and Vanya's eyes get very big. This is the way it should be master and servant together and it's you turn the page and it is this explosively dynamic and horrible rendition of vader just in red flames and oversized mask and burning eyes and vanya screams and you know as he screams tom and Scrit and milo and jackson are making their way out of the fortress and tom hears hears this they all hear it and he says trapped in a living nightmare. I almost feel sorry for the guy. Almost. And Scrit says, keep moving, Hud. We're nearly there. Uh, and then Jackson says, I've never been so glad to see my ship. And Milo goes, wait, where's Lena? Uh, and she's, she emerges behind them from the gas. Right here, little brother. Lena, I knew you would come for me. Always, Milo. Always. Although I could have done without this saber running out of juice the moment Vanya was trapped. Wait, what? So they get on board... The rabbit's foot. And Tom, of course, is a little concerned, but if it wasn't you, whose lightsaber did we follow? 
My, uh, and Jackson says, maybe it was a ghost. Woo! Lena says, stop teasing him. Uh, you don't think the rabbit's right, do you, Lena? Relax, Hud. If there's one thing this nightmare has taught me, there's no such thing as ghosts. And we see on the last page Anakin Skywalker as a Force ghost. And he just chuckles. Heh. So, nice little ending to what has been a really enjoyable miniseries. And uh, if you're a trade waiter, uh, look for it in January. But just a great ending. Really enjoyed it a lot. So, and again, I do hope they come back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
And it's Jeff again, back with a review of Marvel's The High Republic, issue number 10. This is chapter 2 of the Shadow of the Nile storyline. It's titled Out of Balance, Out of Time. And this book was written by Kevin Scott, artist Georges Genti, and I apologize if I butchered your name. Colorist is Carlos Lopez. Inkers are Carl Story and Victor Olazaba. And letters are by VCs Travis Lanham. The cover art is by Phil Noto. There's a variant cover by George Genti, one by Carl Story and Annalisa Leone, and one by Casper Wingard. The book design is by Carlos Lau. Assistant editors on this one are Tom Groneman and Danny Kazem. Editor is Mark Penizia. As always, for Lucasfilm, the senior editor Robert Simpson, creative director Michael Seglane, art director Troy Alders. For the story group, we have Matt Martin, Pablo Hidalgo, Emily Shkukani, and Jason D. Stein. And for the Lucasfilm Art Department, Mr. Phil Shostak. And we we have a good little uh, reminder of what happened. I'll, I'll just kind of uh, run down where we were, because I'll be honest with you guys. As you know, I'm kind of feeble-minded anyway. And with all the different High Republic books coming out, I forget which what happens in which book. So this one, uh, we where we left off last time, uh, Keeve Trennis and Tarek of Tarek and Serret have been sent undercover, infiltrating a Nile gas foundry on Chase... In the Outer Rim. I don't have Matt here to, to uh, correct my pronunciation. So uh, they came face-to-face with the Tempest Runner, Zetar, and uh, Keeve has found herself put to the test. To prove she is loyal to the Storm, she must kill one of the Nile's prisoners, the Jedi's former ally, Miarga the Hutt. And this is all uh, as the, uh, the hunt for the Eye of the Nile is intensifying. Uh, Avar Chris has gone against the will of the Council and launched her own mission to find whoever has taken over leadership from Lorna D., which is what got us to this point. Uh, and so we, we left la- where we left off last time, um, Keeve uh, was, was being told that she had to, uh, to uh, terminate Miarga the Hutt. And we open up, in, and I must say the, the, the art and colors in this book are, are wonderful, uh, absolutely wonderful. And the way Miarga is drawn, uh, looks like uh, she's had better days. She's uh, very green, long, stringy hair, which is, I'm, I'm not used to seeing hair on a hut, but uh, it's got this long... Stringing hair, she's just not doing well. One eye is swollen shut. Uh, we're on the Nile War Cloud Forge, and uh, we have uh, Keeve's uh, inner monologue saying, Act like a Nile, Avar said. Get their trust, Avar said. What she didn't say was that it would mean killing one of our former allies in cold blood. A cynical, untrustworthy former ally who only ever thinks of herself, but a former ally nonetheless. And I love this inset on Myarga's one working eye uh, to remind you that there is. A, a person, if not a human, underneath there. And uh, Keeve says, unless, and she notices that uh, one of the uh, little uh, rabbit-looking guys is carrying a bat of what looks like Nagnol. And she says, dangerous stuff, Nagnol. No telling what damage it could do. And she reaches out in the force and has him drop drop it. And, of course, it explodes into a, uh, a, a, a huge uh, fireball, knocking everyone away. It's a great... Uh, two-page spread on this one with a big whoosh as everyone is uh, being knocked around. And uh, the, the little rabbit guy is saying, help me, help me. And I don't think this is maybe not a, 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 a lep like uh, Jackson, but it very well could be. And uh, uh, Zetar uh, says uh, to, to this rabbit, he says, uh, help, help you, stupid mange farmer. The entire planet could have gone up. And uh, Keith says, well, that mange farmer might have done us a favor, you know. And uh, he says, how so? And she says, well, where did you find the hut? He says, on the edge of wild space. He says, when? After Valo? Yeah, why? And she says, 
might be nothing, but I was talking to a Batrack gun runner at Port Lennox. He heard that the Jays who fought the Drenjir were working with a hut. What if it was this dung heap? She might have all manner of Jedi secrets rattling around in that moldy excuse of a head. I say we find out, and if not, well, no harm done. We just kill her later, and again we get an inset of, of Myarga's eye, and uh, with his eyes drawn, <laughs> looks like the eye of Sauron to me, but you can you can see the, the concern on her face, and almost makes you feel sorry for her. And from there we cut to the Atraxia in hyperspace, and uh, uh, Avar is, is asking, uh, Sarah says, you can still sense your bond twin, Sarah, and, and, and Sarah says, we would, if, we would be worried if we couldn't, Avar, Chris. We are, in essence, the same being, at least the same mind. Even at this distance, we experience the other's thoughts because they are our thoughts. And that's a nice little reminder of this symbiotic relationship that these two have. And we see Skier over there trying to raise his lightsaber because, if you recall, he's been having trouble connecting with the Force. And uh, Avar says, and what do your thoughts tell you now, Tarek? Is Tarek safe? And, and Sarah says, Tarek is safe, Marshall, but they're also worried. And uh, Avar says, that's really natural. Going undercover is always stressful. He says, it's more than that. Or I, I guess that was uh, Nurem, the, the name I can't pronounce. We'll call her Nur. Uh, Tarek believes that Keeve Trennis is playing a dangerous game. And as this is happening, Skier is able to lift the lightsaber up just very, a very few inches. And then it drops right back down. And uh, Sarah says, a game that has something to do with Myarga the Hut, And that gets Skier's attention. And Avar says, Myarga, now that is concerned. Is she involved with the Nile? And, and Sarah says, it's difficult to interpret, but they are in danger, all of them. And, of course, Avar, with her platitudes, the Force will protect them through us. Uh, and she tells Noron to follow uh, the coordinates. And uh, Skier gets a call, gets a hollow call from Dr. Genol, and he says uh, he has news from his uh, the test that they've been running. And he says, yeah, I need to talk to you. And he says, well, this is the best time. And he says, well, you might want to take this alone. And he says, I have no secrets from my fellow Jedi, Skier does. So the doctor says, well, if you insist, I'm afraid it isn't good news. I received the results from the test we ran. And we know why you're losing control, your connection to the Force. Spoilers, we're not going to find out in this issue. Because from there, we cut back to the Foundry. And uh, we have Keeve and, and the rest of the, the Nile are here. And uh, Tarek is, is questioning her, and she says, It's all good, Tara. I wanted to buy us some time, so I bought us some time. I bought Myarga time. And uh, the uh, the runner says, you got something to share? And, and he says, I was just saying how impressive this place is. Never been to a Warcloud Forge before. The eye must be planning something big. And uh, in between that, she's told Tarek, said, you tell me your other half is on the way? And he says, they are on their way. So it's great. Now, make it sound like they're almost here, which is a nice little joke there. But... Um, he he tells he tells uh, Keeve he says I'll touch your concern Storm not unless you've got your sights on becoming a Tempest runner she says is there an opening <laughs> and what do you think this is a job fair and I do I do love the humor in this book he says although I, I do see I do want to see what I can do what you can do and uh, she and uh, Keeve and, and uh, Tarek are both very wide eyed and, and concerned at whatever they're seeing and we turn the page and we see Myarga in what looks like a back to tank. But uh, it's not not exactly a vacta tank, and they're filling it with uh, some sort of gas. And uh, it's we find out that it's unrefined Nagnol. So he he tells Keeve, "You better be quick before her lungs burn." And uh, so she Keeve runs up to tell Myargus, "Is listen up, Slimepod. You want to live? You got to talk." And Myargus says, "Who do you think you're talking to? I'll I'll see you burn in the pits of Corella before I tell you anything." And Keeve says, "She's not stupid. She knows we want to help." At least we assume that she does. She says, I hope. And uh, one of the workers says, Zeet, something's wrong. Uh, the, the gas valve, it's blocked. 
and Zeet says blocked how and we know exactly what's happening as Tarek is is uh, doing something. His eyes are closed. He's concentrating. And, and Keeve says to herself, I could hazard a guess. Good good work, Tarek. We're going to get through this, aren't we? We just have to hold out until the others get here. The Force will provide. And at that point, um, Zeet uh, speaks up and says, there's more than one way to skin a Mechle. You had your chance and you blew it. Now we do it my way and just completely... This this image is very uh, disturbing to me because they're, they're basically, I guess, uh, uh, electrocuting Myarga, and you see the entire skull uh, down to the the vertebrae in, in her tail, and it's really it's really disturbing to me, and uh, you know it, as it's supposed to be. Uh, so I, I think really good work by the art team here, everybody involved, the the art, the the, the pencils, the inks, the colors, everything is just ugh, gives me the creeps. And Z says, "Is the storm right? You sinking Sakapus? What do you know about the Jedi?" And um, Yarga apparently uh, doesn't know what's happening. She says, are you blind, Neil Scum? And Keeve is saying, no, 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 she's not going to do it. He says, do you not see what is standing right in front of you? Keeve says, she wouldn't do it. And um, Yarga continues, you have a Jedi in your midst. You welcome them with open arms. They have deceived you. And Keeve says, she did it. And uh, Zeet says, we finally have the truth. And we get an inset panel of, of Keeve and Tarek lighting their lightsabers. And Tarek says, I guess we do. I guess it's Keeve saying, I guess we do. And uh, she tells him, you should surrender while you still can. Which is, you know, Keeve is nothing if not confident, or at least she projects confidence. And Zeet says, surrender? Surrender? Why? Why Should I be scared? Are you really the best the Jedi could send? And Keeve says, maybe, maybe not, but we do what we can. And uh, she tries to push him away, and he says, nice try, faker. And, uh, you know, stops himself. He says, but it's not good enough, not by a long shot. And uh, keeps on electrocuting Myarga as this is going on. And, uh, Tarek says the hut's suffering. And because, you know, he's he's an empath, he can feel everything. And, and Keefe says, we need to focus, Tarek. And he says, it is too much. And uh, uh, Keeve is saying, concentrate on the... And she gets clocked in the back of the head by the worker from before. And Zeet uh, takes on Tarek and says, "You will, will you look at that? The pain of others is their weakness. And he's realized that Tarek is feeling all of this. And we get a, a word bubble saying, so... You finally admit that I'm right, and that's it's Lorna coming in, and this costume that she's in is amazing. She's in this, uh, it's, she, she's a Twi'lek, so she's got the head tails, or, no, not a Twi'lek, um, yes, yes, she's a Twi'lek, sorry, the, yeah, she's a Twi'lek, but she's got this mask on, it looks like something out of the, the Kenner mask line from the 80s, which I'm a big fan of, um, so she just, yeah, it looks like a Halloween costume she's wearing, she's got this, like, bug scarab on her, it's just a really striking costume, and I love, love the way she's drawn here and, and colored, and it's Lorna D, and uh, Tarek is is terrified. He says, Lorna and Sarah back on the ship says, Lorna D. And Avar Chris says, D, but she's... And Tarek on the planet finishes the sentence, or Sarah, she's supposed to be dead. And Lorna says, am I? Tell me, Jedi, if I was dead, as she takes off her helmet, could I do this? And she just clocks him. And she says, or this, and she shoots Myarga. And then she says, better, now we can hear ourselves think. And Keeve says, that was a mistake. And uh, Lorna says, really? Because now you can use your powers against me? You really are adorable. And uh, Dr. Uttersond, if you would. And uh, her crew comes out from behind her. And the way Lorna is drawn here, she's, you know, her teeth are bared. They're like, they're, she's got, the, they're, they're basically pointy teeth. And these guys coming out from behind her are all wearing uh, some manner of visor or shades of some sort. And uh, Dr. Uttersond is a little wolf-looking guy. Really, really cool looking uh, crew here. 
something out of like Buckaroo Banzai really to me is what it says. I'm sure Matt will appreciate that reference. And uh, there's a, a, a noise starts BD and 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 Keeve is is troubled by this and. She says, what's in the box? And Lorna says, something I've wanted to test for a long time. And Keeve is obviously struggling, and she says, what's the matter, Jedi? I thought the Force was strong. And and she and, and uh, Tarek are both just on, on their knees in, in, in extreme pain, holding their heads. And Lorna says, I thought the Force could do anything. And she's almost singing it, it looks like. And back on the ship, Sarah uh, has a breakdown. He says, I've, I've lost them. And... Uh, Noon says, Newer says, I? Since when did they say I? And he says, Tarek, Sarah says, Tarek is gone. I am alone, which is troubling. And uh, Avar says, gone? What do you mean? Sarah is, Tarek is, is in with the force. And Sarah says, I will, we will attempt to reestablish connection. And he immediately just cries out in pain and, and collapses. And Avar says, Sarah, we can't, we can help you. Let me listen to your song. And Sarah says, no, you cannot. It's a lie, all of it. There is no balance, no peace. There is only pain. And it looks like he's shattering, like he's turning to stone or or, or about to float away like he like like the characters in Endgame did or or, uh, or uh, Infinity War did after the snap. Um, and his eyes are, are bright pink uh, and, and just glowing. It's, it's a very creepy image. And he says there is only pain, and that's where we get it to be continued. And this this is a very dramatic ending. However, I'm having a little deja vu, because if I recall correctly, we had something very similar to this happen during the uh, the first story arc, during the attack of the Drenjir. They got they got, uh, got separated, and so I'm a little less concerned than I should be this time around. And I, I feel like Matt, we kind of talked about this, I feel like he's kind of on the same boat with me. I like the storytelling here. I'm interested to see what's happening with with Keeve and and Terret, uh, with, with on the Nile ship, and I'm I'm definitely interested to spend some more time with uh, Lorna and her crew because they all like I said they look really cool. But uh, this 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 turn of events with uh, Terek and Serret uh, just seems like uh, more of the same, and I wish that they could have done something a little different here. So we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm reserving judgment as I always do until we get the next chapter and we get the, the full story, but. Um, I don't know. This again. This 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 ending is the only part of this book that didn't really land for me. So it's hard when it's the end of the book that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But uh, again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot, and we'll see what issue number eleven has to say. Uh, but uh, again, I, I think the uh, the creative team is all doing good work. I just I, I don't know that I'm on board with the way this one ended because again, it just feels like more of the same. So uh, we'll be back uh, the next time we have one to discuss it. Now I'm going to throw it back to Matt for the solicits and the outro. So back to you, Matt.
Star Wars Splash Page theme song is Mark Hamill Can Handle by Chris Cape. Check Chris out at chriscape.com and on SoundCloud, on Twitter at Chris Cape, and on Facebook. Stop peeing. Mom, that's Megan. Answer it.